Hello. We've been expecting you. I'd like to welcome you to Thoughts from Aunt Wu, the Avatar podcast where we know the future. Today we'll be discussing Book 1, Episode 10, Jet. Today on our panel, we have Lindsay, Charles, and I am Corey. Now let me introduce you to our host, Mark. Thank you, Corey. Thank you. I'd like to welcome everyone back. We have our normal panel today, which is nice after last week where we had a little bit of a different uh, tone. So things should be different. So yes, as Corey said, we will be tackling Jet today, which um, to some degree is kind of a different episode. Um, it definitely, it's definitely different from the last couple of episodes we've had, um, but sort of again focusing a little bit on Katara. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. So um, as per usual, we will do our initial thoughts. So Corey, you did the intro. So why don't you get us started with your initial thoughts on this episode? Um, I like this episode a lot. This is um, one of those episodes again that I think you see the consequences of an all-scale like Fire Nation invasion. You see what type of people it breeds, and it's it's one of those bait-and-switch episodes where you, you think Jet's going to be a nice guy. Turns out he's not so much of a nice guy, but he, he it's I mean it makes you as the viewer decide. Is he doing what he wants to do? Is it right or is it wrong? Do the ends justify the means? Those are all questions that you, the viewer, have to make the decision yourself. I personally think... Of course, I don't agree with a lot of the things he does this episode, but who am I to judge, like, type deal? Like, you know, living here, like, if I was in his situation, would I be a different person? That's stuff I guess we'll discuss later in the episode. But overall, I like this episode. I I think it's uh, another one of those episodes, just like the one, um, the episode where everyone's on the uh, Fire Nation jail, the earthbending ship. What's it called again? Imprisoned imprisoned it's just like another episode like imprisoned where you you see the consequences of what the fire nation does and again the type of people it breeds all right charles um i mean i i had some more thoughts towards the episode it's kind of uh interesting in that you see this is like the first time you kind of see civilian fire nation uh, up until now you know our exposure has been all military and um, also like how you can see that I mean it's an example of God like what what's that book Lord of the Flies or something yeah. where yeah. the kids are mm-hmm. yeah where all the kids this is like that but in trees and oh not as <laughs> crazy but so so no, is so, Sokka piggy oh dear well, lord or I is Sokka hope not. Ralph I'm trying oh. to figure this one out oh my gosh Please it's not, not that direct <laughs> no I know I know <laughs> but, yeah so uh, I, I'd like it as an interesting episode but uh, it didn't leave a great taste in my mouth for you watching it mm-hmm. and Lindsay so this episode for me I like uh, Corey made some interesting po- some good points that I always kind of considered like it shows like a further side to the war and like the impact that it's had and how it's like affected the average everyday civilian to really like transform them based on their experience but also I, I also really liked the um, the use of Sokka as a character in this because we know him like we know that he's smart but then seeing him have his, like, moments with the boomerang and even, like, the trick in the tree later on, like, oh, I can hear the vibrations and everything, like, that itself was a really good lend to, like, helping further develop his character, and I really appreciate that, because Sokka is just awesome. And, um, of course, I, I'm just, like, in love with the visuals of this episode. Like, 
it's just it's so amazingly beautiful with the um the red trees and their moments especially when they're fighting in the trees and they like swoop over branches and through it and all and it was like just reminded me so much of almost like um some fighting scenes in uh chinese action films like almost like um crouching tiger hidden dragon like those types of fighting scenes and the scenery of it all was just like oh my gosh i was in love with the animation in this episode <laughs> so yeah that, that, that i was basically more focused on the animation background in this episode actually to be honest because <laughs> it was just so mm. nice to look at good good um yeah, I, I think agreed. So pretty much agreed with the rest of the group. Um, I definitely agree with Lindsay. I like Sokka in this episode. I think they do a very good job with him, and we'll talk about that quite a bit coming up. Um, all in all, I really don't like Jet as a person, um, but I think that he serves a very good purpose in this episode. Um, I find him a lot more annoying later on because he starts to like go yeah. a little bit too. Um, not too far, but like he becomes a little bit more. I feel almost like a caricature of himself. Um, I think this episode does an interesting job of, for the first time, introducing a moral question, like a, a legitimate, like there is a question to be asked of whether or not the uh, Jets' um, motives are right. Although I do think they are a little bit too quick to to judge, and it's weird that I say that because I don't like Jet, and I don't think his rights, his what he's doing is right. But I almost would have liked them to be a little bit less judgmental and to some degree like as Corey kind of said oh it's up to the audience to decide like I almost wish they would allow that a little bit because mm -hmm. if I do have one complaint with this show it's that every once in a while they set up interesting moral questions and then very clearly take a side and say nope this is the correct side if you don't believe it you're a monster mm -hmm. and yes what Jet does is too far I'm not like here to like defend Jet but I do think that it, I'm a little bit disappointed that the episode doesn't um, and how they kind so, of like approach it. Yeah, that it, it's so clear that Jet is wrong and going too far, and Katara and, or in this case, actually Sokka is, is right. And I, I, I would have almost liked it to be a little bit more up to interpretation. That being said, I think this episode does does some really interesting things um, that we will get into now. Um, Overall, I think we start off this episode. The opening scene is pretty unremarkable. Um, I mean, the only the only thing of note for me, at least, was you can kind of see Ang's respect for life and like, oh, he's gonna free all the animals. Um, but I don't think there's that much there because we've known that already. Mm -hmm. um, I think this episode. I mean, this obviously is a pretty Sokka Katara heavy episode, um, and I like. And Lindsay brought it up when she was talking about about um, like Sokka like having things to do. I like that he can tell like Fire Nation tracks from other mm -hmm. um, types of tracks. That like it is a little weird that he can because it's almost like how has he picked up this skill living in the you know he has never tracked animals in the forest. But overall, I, I anytime they give Sokka something legitimate to do, I'm happy because it just justifies all of the jokes that come out of his mouth uh, that much more. Anyone on 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 Sokka? Fucking love him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 fine, Charles. Go ahead. I mean, again, it's it's a small point, but how did he figure out to stick his boomerang in the tree when he? It wasn't a, an his boomerang. I think it was a sorry knife. his sword in a tree when his living environment up until like a week ago, or sorry, like a month ago, was entirely flat. I, I don't know. And that, like I said, that's a little bit weird. I mean, 
they've been traveling a little bit, but I, I don't know. You, I mean, you could make the argument maybe he just kind of figured it out because he's Sokka and he's good at experimentation, but I don't know. I, I, I agree that that's a little bit far-fetched and doesn't really make that much sense, but I don't know. I kind of I kind of excuse it because at least... It, at least it, it's not like they just did it to like the character that does everything. It's like, all right, well, Sokka figures things out. Uh, but I also like that he's... Especially by the end, he's like real accepting of when he's for the stuff in this episode of what he was wrong on and what he was right about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that he can acknowledge that oh okay sometimes what I think is like right and sometimes I fucked up it happens Yeah. so one question I want to pose and kind of throw around the room here um, is we get the like kind of joke line about like who is the leader of the group but in general at this point in the story who do you think should be the leader of this of, of this this group? So, why don't, Corey, why don't you start off? Who do you think should be the leader? Right now at this point, Aang. Um, I think Sokka hasn't really developed himself as, like, you, Sokka, at the end of book one, establishes himself as a possible leader and someone that can, can lead Team Avatar. Katara never had any aspirations of leading. So I think Aang, right now, has the most direction on what to do, where to go, and, you know... For the most part, at the moment, he's a good de facto leader until so Sokka you say Aang by default, essentially. Aang right now, uh, by the end of book one, Sokka, but right now, Aang. All right, Charles, how about you? Uh, clearly, it should be Appa. <laughs> I don't know why you're limiting the discussions to only human characters. It's not. I'm completely okay <laughs> with you saying Appa. I mean. It's the flying bison. It knows where to go, how to survive. It has the morality it's... to tell Aang, don't go without your friends, like we saw a couple of episodes ago. Aang's animal guide, so you can you can use the word guide, you know. Yeah, exactly. What does a guide do? They lead. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my jokes aside, since although that would be a pretty convincing argument if Abba could actually directly converse with the characters, um... I think, like, right now it's kind of leaderless, um, mm. which is why they're kind of meandering around the world rather than making a bullet path to the North Pole or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, since sometimes it's like, oh, Aang wants to go visit this place or do this random thing, and sometimes it's like, oh, we see this situation or someone else makes a decision based on, you know, something random, and then they do that. Mm-hmm. Uh so it's like, yeah, Aang's been determining the overall direction, at least at this part of the story, but I don't think any of them is really suited to lead the group at this point. Mm. Um, I agree with Corey that by the end of book one, uh, Sokka does show like a lot of those characteristics, and then in book two and later on, we'll see that Sokka makes a pretty effective leader. So, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Alright, Linz. Oh my gosh. Um, these, just based off their behaviors, like, none of these kids should be the leader right now. Like, they, you, you can tell, like, just how young they are when they, like, get into, like, their random arguments and everything. Like, I, I actually always kind of found it refreshing about how there was no specific leader of, like, the group, how they all, like, collaborated together to work together and came from, like, different sides that have different input. Like, that personally, I was always more drawn to that kind of thing rather than, like, 
kind of claiming like, oh, well, so-and-so is the leader of this group. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. But if I were yeah, to no, if does. I were to elect any of them as leader, I would say either Appa or Momo. Okay. At this point of time, especially. Yep. Um, I'm going to go a different track. I actually think Katara is probably best suited to be the leader of this group, um, at least at this point. Um, I think that in many ways she does show, although not so much in this episode or really the one before it, but for the most part she probably does show the most maturity, and I think that she does seem to be the one that is like the most like sort of um focused so to speak, on on certain things i mean she i don't know if she's so focused on actually their main goal but she does seem to be the one who who will put her foot down and say we need to help whether it was an imprisoned or things like that um i don't know i just it just I, it, it was sort of a funny bantered line it was kind of interesting of like mm-hmm. they clearly don't really have a leader and 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 ang is is as he says just a goofy kid but yeah. it's just an interesting thing to sort of think about these three that that at the end of the day there are decisions that need to be made and and sort of have the void of leadership kind of gets slowly filled mm. um so one 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 other interesting thing about once they start walking why is Appa not just carrying the bags? Like, they're complaining yeah. about how heavy the bags are. <laughs> Clearly, Appa can carry bags. He flies them. It just, it's like this weird, like, they wanted to throw in a comedic line because it's it can make fun of Sokka's instincts, but it's like, no. They, they shouldn't be yeah. backpacking. They got a giant bison They have bison a flying right bison. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they get into the Fire Nation military camp i guess um and i think this is the first time that we've seen the group face off with like just regular fire nation soldiers and not Mm. zuko which is interesting um that like you kind of like we've been hearing a lot about the fire nation and i think this is kind of the first time it's not zuko i mean i know zhao does show up I guess once with the group, but for the most part, like when we think of Fire Nation, we think of Zuko. And for like, kind of for the first time, we get like, no, this is just regular Fire Nation guys. I guess the yeah. warden to some degree, but we can yeah. ignore that for a minute. Especially, especially these guys, like these are standard Fire Nation soldiers who are the ones that like have taken over this area. Like mm-hmm. it, it's a different type of um, dynamic. I feel like compared to the ones yeah. that are chasing after them versus the ones that are permanently there. Like, that's where they're settled. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, one thing about them that I will say, though, and this is kind of, this also kind of gets at, like, what I was saying in, in my intro about the kind of lack of, like, moral question, is that, like, we really, like, this is probably the most positive light we've seen the Fire Nation. Like, they don't really do anything. Um, and it's just interesting mm-hmm. coming off of a couple of episodes you know, a couple of episodes ago where we were talking about these these gut punches of, you know, concentration camps and burning of forests and, and Zuko trying to capture Aang and prevent him from saving the world. And, like, this time we kind of just, like, come across this, like, random camp with these regular soldiers. And it's kind of interesting that, like, they there's, there's clearly a little bit of a break since we've had, like, atrocities of the Fire Nation. We meet these people in the episode where a character chooses not to kill a whole bunch of Fire Nation people. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't know. It's, it, I'm interested, I'm interested in kind of like, would, how would this episode have worked if they had put some, if like, like they had made these guys a little bit more evil, if that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Or if they're just very clearly trying to be like, no, this is the episode to kind of per, like, oh yeah, the Fire Nation are still people too. Let's remember that. I don't know. 
Um, so once the um, so once the fight breaks out, I, I I've, I've said this before. I'm going to continue to say it. I'm going to continue to say this all the time. We get another fighting style. This is now a new non-bending style. Last week we kind of had pirates who who were using all these different weapons and all this stuff. Now we're seeing kids in you know coming out of the trees and suddenly it's it's a totally different style it completely fits exactly the location and culture that you that you want Mm -hmm. um it's and it's not and and like the thing that's so um interesting and so and what makes it so special to me is that we don't spend that much time with these characters we're gonna see jet again we're gonna see pipsqueak and the duke again Mm -hmm. but for the most part we don't ever see this location in this type of fight again and the fact that they were willing to spend the time to sort of come through, okay, what would a fighting style of kids coming out of trees be as opposed to, oh, it's another just generic non-benders, they all fight the same. And I, I love that they put the, that intention into detail on this show. Yeah. I also I also appreciate that it's guerrilla warfare. I think guerrilla warfare would be like the standard against mm. uh, the Fire Nation. Well, especially for people in this circumstance. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um... And then I also will give them. I mean, another thing I've I've talked a lot about, and and um, haven't even gotten to really the, some of the great ones is how good this show is at quick character introductions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jet just swinging on a tree with these you know with these really bizarre weapons, and then coming down fighting like instantaneously. You look at that character and you're like, yeah, that guy's a badass. Um, you don't truly know how you know. Mm-hmm up he is yet but it, it it's nice that it like they're they're very quickly with this character it's you know that without even dialogue it just yep there's what this guy is great yeah definitely was a um, really interesting introduction to him like he just comes across as like so like suave and cool he goes like hey guys i'm jet i fight for justice and you're just like i, I feel like even when i first saw it i was just like uh-huh. Like, what? I don't know. Yeah. He's, like, too cool. A little bit. <laughs> that makes sense. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the point, though. And especially with, like, the whole bait and switch with, like, them, like, teasing Katara and him the entire episode. I mean, yes. But I think no. that's why they made him so cool and suave, as, like, such, like, a, a distinct way for Katara to fall for him almost instantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do think it fits, though. I mean, it, this is someone who clearly has a ton of confidence, who, who clearly is putting on a facade to cover up the pain that he's feeling after, you know, losing his parents um, as we, we get another, you know, sort of morally complex character who, of course, lost his parents and is now taken to a life of vigilantism. But um, it, it, it does work, and I think that overall, I think the way, especially early on, the way they, they play with his character is, is, is very interesting. Mm. Um, and also, like not just Jet, but the rest of the Freeding Fighters, they do a, a pretty good idea, a good job of like introducing these characters. Like you, you know, you kind of remember Longshot, you remember Pibsqueak, you remember the Duke, and it's sort of like these fun little little characters. And sure, they they kind of fit the Robin Hood aesthetic, and obviously that there's you know it's very clearly trying to play off of that. But I, it is you know once again these are like small characters that we see a little bit, we'll see once or twice again. But for the most part, they like they do put in some time to like get to know these people and give them some personality, give them some character. Mm-hmm. Um, now, 
one piece about the uh, with the with the cinematography, um, the the lighting with the whole jet carrying Katara back up to the the treehouse was just yeah. like was like really on the nose there, guys. Like we get it, she likes him, but 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 really, like that was unnecessary. No, I don't think it's. I mean, unnecessary. Where do you say the word unnecessary? I mean, like again, are it's you so viewing cheesy? Like we don't but, need yeah, that. That's the point. It's. I, I think all of it is the point. The setup, especially it's a for stupid like stupid point. The super reveal <laughs> that he's an asshole and she's heartbroken by that fact. This is not about anger at Katara and like liking Jet. I. I it annoys me because Katara should be with Aang and that's fine, but. <laughs> <laughs> I had to just throw, I had to just throw that in there just to annoy you guys, um, but it's not that's not my point. My point is I, I don't particularly like stuff like that because I think that it's it's trying really hard to call attention. It's it's sort of what I said like cinematography that's calling attention to itself. Like it's like oh we're gonna light this in such a way that's like oh of course she likes him when in reality I don't think that I think that if you took out that lighting everything about this episode plays exactly the same and it just. I'm not the biggest fan of like the very like these super obvious indicators of yup, she likes him. When in reality, it's I I'm much bigger of like show us that you know earlier on when you know you can hear it in her voice or you can see it in the way she moves and, and revolves around him. That's like the good ways to do it. I think that that was a little bit too like too forced. I would normally agree with you if they did it all the time, but it's like this show has a lot of like one one trick like lines or lighting or like funny throwaways that happen all the time and it's again this is just like a one and gone it's not something that they do all the time and, it, and this is definitely not a writing style they do all the time of making it so in your face obvious so I think it's again it's like one of those one and done things yeah I mean it, it, that's true and I don't think it it definitely doesn't linger and it, it's not like this is not like the biggest deal in the world I'm not I don't, I'm not gonna this doesn't this doesn't really change my thoughts on this episode it's just it's one of those little things I was like ah. and and obviously I'm biased I don't like Jet and Katara so that does add to this so I'm not like I'm not I'm not immune to that fact but it's just a little bit I don't know Charles anything to add on that um, I actually <laughs> didn't mind uh, that scene. Yeah, it was cheesy, but at the same time, it um, kind of. I, I mean, it helps make it obvious why she makes certain comments later in the episode, when you could argue pretty strongly they're not characteristic of Katara. No, not at all. Um. Wow, really? Yeah, Two so, episodes I mean, in a row with, like, very uncharacteristic Katara. Why is she uncharacteristic this episode? Uh, she doesn't like bat her eyes much. She doesn't what? <laughs> She's not the type to bat her eyes. Like, at, like, a, a, a hunk At a guy? boy, yeah. Why not? She's young. But it I, could I, happen. I'm, it could happen. Like, like well, hold on. Where th- did she have the opportunity to before this episode? There was no, never, no, like, no. A, but we know the future, right? But more so. than just that, like, even before that, like, she clearly, there was something, like, there-ish with Haru, and they even make the joke about it, like, later on with mm-hmm. Toph. But she doesn't, like, bat her eyes at Haru. Like, it, it's much more of, like, she seems to be the type to have a more, like, friendship-oriented sort of, you know, mutual respect. And that's just not, 
Like, uh, like we've, we we do not see this out of Katara ever again. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm... And I, I don't think I'm missing something. Like, ever again. And I understand, like, what you're saying, Corey. Like, oh, she's young. It's okay. And that's not... Like, I'm not criticizing her like, oh, I, it's, it's a problem that she does it. It's more of a... We just don't see this out of her. It's a pretty... This is pretty one-off. It's similar to what I said about, like, some of the Yang episodes where it's like, this is not a side of, of her that we see much. And, like, last week was obviously very, like... Katara is not really like she is in the waterbending scroll. Um, mm-hmm. But in that episode, I think it was in service of something really good. In this episode, I, I'm just not... I'm not really getting out of Katara the type to, like, completely change her attitude because of a boy. Like, that's not her character. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Charles. I cut. We cut you off there. You didn't finish up what you were saying. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where you what your where your train of thought was, and if you're done, that's fine. I just figured I'd throw it back to you just in case. I I think I lost it. Oh <laughs> no! Fair enough. But, like there, I mean, there's other stuff that she does that's kind of non-characteristic too. Um, you could argue her frightening is a little more brutal here at the end when she. Mm. Well, we'll talk about uh, yeah. that stuff when it comes up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the one, the biggest thing about this episode that I think is is really important of note is how much we get a, a really big hit in your face uh, moment of loss of childhood because in so many ways that's like one of the biggest themes of this show is how mm-hmm. war forces people to grow up really fast and we now have a group of children living because they're they've been removed from their homes they've almost all lost their parents and are forced to become something that you wouldn't expect from children and that's like such a such the main theme of this show with how, with war and how and what it does and i i like that we what we, we kind of get a very um a, like a happier take even though this is i wouldn't call this a happy episode and i wouldn't say that the freedom fighters are like the like truly happy because mm-hmm. they do there is like clearly serious problems but rather than you know haru who's really depressed about losing his father or what you've seen with with Katara and Sokka with the loss of their mother and things like that. This time we kind of get a group of people that are seem like they kind of feel like they're making the best of these circumstances even though you can very clearly see how much it's leading them down the wrong path. And that part of this episode I, I really like and I think is 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 expertly done. Yeah, I like that too. And I, you know what's funny too? I think Jet would be a very different character if he had like a moral compass like Iroh. Uh, if that makes any sense to you, yeah. I mean, I I, I even think to go once we I think Jet would be a very interesting character if he had like a moral compass, like not to say it, but like a Batman, like where he's brutal but he doesn't kill. Like I think it would almost be interesting. Like Jet kind of could be more interesting if like he almost had a like a hard and fast rule. Like the, here's the line: I'll never cross the line, but I will go really really far um but it almost feels like with as charles said that like he's like very clearly a sociopath but he's not clearly a sociopath i i I think he has a an unbridled hatred for the fire nation and in the scene where he jumps the old guy like he doesn't he dehumanized all of them and he has no choice like as again someone that's lost his family young had literally no upbringing like, you don't blame a young person in these circumstances. Isn't, 
the actual definition of a psychopath someone who dehumanizes others? This is war. We're not talking about some random killer in, like, New York City. This is war. It's very common in war for you to dehumanize your enemy. <laughs> You're right, and I'm that not... just what means I'm, that all soldiers are psychopaths. That but, doesn't but, change well, anything. You're, you're justifying his, um, the fact that he's a psychopath. That's fine. I'm just, like, I'm here with the, he's a psychopath. You're just saying, okay, he's a psychopath. Here's the reasons why, and here's why we shouldn't, you know, demonize him. That's fine. I don't, like, that, that's a perfectly valid opinion. I just think that it's very clear this guy has serious issues. Sure. Um... The other thing that I think is interesting is they definitely seem, it seems to me at least, that outside of Jet, the rest of this group are feel significantly younger, um, and Jet feels like he is a little bit more mature, and I don't know if that's just because he's the leader and how it is, but it definitely feels like, especially some of them, are kids who are just following Jet's rule, and Jet is just on the precipice of becoming a young adult, and as a result, has a very different perspective on what he's doing. So yeah, so now now the um, you know Jet, the other thing that Jet is very good at, Jet knows how to play people. Um, you can tell how, how good he is at this. I mean, we're going to see even more so with uh, when he's talking to Katara. But it's sort of nice that, that he very clearly recognizes, okay, Sokka's the type. You just give him something to do and he'll be happy. And he's like, oh, I have an important mission. You need to come on. Your skills are, you know, important. And that's, like, that's a really easy way to play Sokka. And it's, it's, nice, it, it, it's something you can tell a skill that Jet has picked up and something that a child who has lost their family mm-hmm. and is forced to kind of live kind of on, you know, if, if you think of, like, if you were to kind of put this on the other perspective, instead of living in the trees, if he was living on the street, you could see how he could become kind of a con artist. It's sort of a skill that, that makes, that that is a skill that makes really a lot of sense. Mm. Um, obviously, we talked a little bit earlier about how Sokka's ability to feel out vibrations is kind of silly because he shouldn't know how to do that, but he does and whatever. Unless, actually, hold on. What if you he learned it on a ship? I don't know if you, you guys are thinking too much into this. I think you have to like learn. I think like sometimes people could just cut, use common sense. Like, sure, if I put my sword here, I, it could feel vibe. Like, I don't think that's something you need to learn. I think it could just be like an instinct thing. Like, oh, this makes sense to me. Like, all right. I mean, you could if, if you want to say it's just Saka's instinct, that's fine. And in an episode all about Saka's instincts, um, I think that's okay. And and I like I said I like that it's in here. I don't. I'm not criticizing it. Just Charles kind of said it earlier, and, and you think about it for a second. You're like, yeah, that that actually makes like no sense, but mm-hmm. whatever. Um, yeah. So so we get a lot of, and, and yeah, we just get a ton of of just how much the, these kids are are being um, pushed to an extreme by someone who's who is in fact more extreme than they are, and I think that it's very clear that if without Jet this these freedom fighters would be a very different people. I don't even know if they would survive, but be very different. Mm. Um, you know, when, when when Jet gets to the old man and the first you know, someone says, Oh, it's just an old man and, and Jet's you know, you can see Jet is the one going forward. It's not 
he's not just part of the problem. He is very clearly f- much further than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely is the one that's like pushing them on, like pushing them forward with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another moment about about him being able to play. Um, the fact that like, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this. Maybe I'm going too far, but I feel like. Saying that he's gonna burn that the finest is gonna burn down the forest seems like a very calculated statement towards Aang Katara because that's something that would hit them especially really hard. Like if they had just said, "Oh, this is something we're gonna do because it's gonna help us win a victory," Aang and Katara probably yeah they probably still help, but it's not gonna get that sort of passion out of them. But like burning down a forest, that's something that will hit that hits the two of them really hard. And I think that Jet knows is very. Very good about knowing how to play them there. I think that's a great point, especially because mm-hmm. a few episodes ago there was Aang getting devastated of the burned down forest that pissed off the spirit, and he sees the ash. So, like that, definitely plays into what happened a few episodes again too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll say it here: this is another episode where Aang is just completely fucking irrelevant. Like he does not. <laughs> I know. Like he has the fight with Jet kind of, which was a major disappointment for Aang. And like, God, Aang is just not even important in this episode, which is... Really which is isn't. Yeah, the, which I, I this is book like one. That, I mean, I, I do from the standpoint of it's nice that this show is willing to give its, you know, what seem, what at first would seem like secondary characters, Katara and Sokka, so much to do, and they're very clearly just as important and just as much main characters as Aang. My point, though, being, like, once again, Aang's just kind of along for the ride, mm-hmm. and what, kind, of the point of what, kind of the point of what I was making when I was asking you guys, like, who's the leader, I think it shows that, like, they do need one. Like, they need someone to say, like, guys, you need to get yourself to the North Pole mm-hmm. and, 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 and learn waterbending. And, like, Aang, like, as I said, um, you know, last episode, you know, two minutes and ten seconds was the screen time of Aang caring and then it was gone and it's like this this episode is like another episode where like oh well ang just kind of he's there because Sokka said let's walk and then he's there because katara said they need to stay um and i think that you know in general you can see that like ang is definitely still not really taking the plight of this whole situation seriously by this situation i mean the war not this episode in yeah particular. like the whole situation itself of his yeah. life He's not taking anything in his life seriously. No, he is just a goofy kid. Yeah, as he admits. Mm-hmm. As he's hanging upside down off of Appa. Only Aang. Anything on Aang, Corey, and Charles? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I agree, but I don't think Aang needs to be the centerpiece of, like, being, like, the main pro... I think, like, Avatar is good in, like, kind of juggling the protagonist. Sure, the Avatar is usually, like, the focus, but it's always a good storytelling when you could focus the story on something else or just even an entire... Like, I think even the entire story was more... Believe it or not, not focused on Katara and Sokka, like you guys are saying. I think it's just focused on Jet and how the main characters react to someone like Jet, so... You know, like I said, I'm, this is not a criticism like, oh, this show is Avatar The Last Airbender. The Last Airbender should be the main character. No. Like, for, like from a purely television perspective, I 
really like that Katara and, and Sokka are, are given such a focal point. It's just more of a, in the narrative arc of this show, this is not the time to be dicking around, as we've continue to say every it's like single episode, episode. yeah <laughs> i mean i know we've had a couple we, you know we, we had oh, a brief okay, hiatus sorry. where we had like one the spirit world avatar <laughs> roku and now not so much yeah. wait is this dicking this isn't dicking around this is like i feel like this is like essential kind of even like in, in the fight against uh the fire nation if you think about it like i don't think well, this is like a dicking around episode l- let me ask you this if they had gotten to the the tree houses and ang had said guys i'd love to stay but we really need to get to the northern water tribe as quickly as possible and they flew away on appa would you think that that was ridiculous not from an episode perspective because obviously it would be really weird choice for the episode but from like a purely in universe like you're sitting there watching them you would say like would you ha- you wouldn't have a problem with that right um so let's say this is like real life we're not trying to tell a story right now so we're taking television out of the equation right yeah. now and this is real life i think they still have enough time on the clock where this is something where it makes sense for them to diverge for a little bit while there's some other episodes that are going to be coming on later on that you're right and that should be the case but this is an episode where if there is x amount of time until we have to get there and we could take these many you know uh, breaks. This one is one of those where this break makes sense to me. I mean, there's shouldn't be breaks. I mean, they are in a situation where Ang needs to master the elements faster than anyone's ever done that before. Essentially, like Every any day he's not at the water, the Northern Water <laughs> Tribe is a day he's not learning. Mm. Every moment here is I mean, precious. Like true, but again, these are these are like again and how he played everyone's weakness as we, we were talking about earlier like oh if we don't do this the fire nation's gonna burn down another forest we saw what happened last time they did that like again and then doesn't it make sense to you guys no i it I, does it, it, but i i mean even the start of the episode is kind of shoehorned in right hey let's stop using our amazing mode of transportation and go on foot why? Because there's a slim possibility this guy can see us above the cloud line. Just somehow it works. I mean, I, Corey, I think we're... I don't think we're arguing the same... Like, I don't think we're actually arguing a point. I think that we're just kind of... We think we're disagreeing, and we're, but I don't think we actually are. What I'm... I'm not disagreeing that everything that happens in this episode makes sense and they should be doing it. What, what I'm saying is, let's say there was a fourth character who was just unequivocally in charge who who said i am the person who who who's let's say iroh had defected and and was traveling with this team to get them to save the world he would have said guys get on appa fly to the north pole don't stop until you get there period like that's what they should quote unquote be doing but they're not because they're kids they don't have that much direction they're to some extent, just kind of gallivanting around. And when one of them says, let's walk, even though they shouldn't, they do. And when one of them says, we need to stay because we need to protect something, even if it's it hits them really hard, it, it does. And, and I understand completely why Katara and Ang are staying. But what I, it, it's just a, this is a time where in reality, 
as weird as that world is, they should be much more focused on, on the journey ahead when instead they're just kind of staying because this place is there's there, there there's a pull to this to sort of being around people their own age and there's this pull to be Katara being with Jet and that that's what I'm saying. Um, I think Corey, everything you've said is right. It's just I don't think we're in disagreement. Okay. Um, yeah. So they go out. They they begin to to bend the water. Um, I will say it does seem like Ang has come pretty far yeah. considering the last ep- <laughs> this like last episode he was learning water bending for the first time mm-hmm. and like he can kind of water bend ish now and it was kind of weird that like it was like we are not weird but like we got one more like an, it seemed like this was like the last hiatus of Katara being she's not sure she can do it and Jet's like well of course the Avatar can do it and it's like I feel like from th- I'm I haven't seen every episode so I'm not as sure but it seems like from this point forward we're going to kind of put to the side like Katara being the lesser of the benders um, obviously eventually she's going to become the master here um, but it's like you know you can definitely tell Aang has practiced a little bit at least I would think I would think so considering he is now able to pull water out of the ground out of a geyser like that like kind of even how like what Katara said like I've never water bended water I couldn't see like that in and of itself like the visualization that would have to occur to actually do that like that's going to take mad skill and especially as like I, I think it's really impressive that they were able to do that but also I'm just like what that was like how how did they do that you know what I mean I don't know yeah um and then I what I do find kind of funny here is like Jet like tells him oh meet us back at the camp and and Katara's like, oh, we're gonna go see Jet because I'm sure he'll be happy to see us. It's like, it's to some degree, it's kind of funny. That, like Jet's plan is sort of ruined because Katara's like, I will, like I will, I want to go see him. Like he's he's been flirting with her this whole time. That's that like that's that's gonna help him. He's gonna flirt with her. She's gonna do what he wants mm-hmm. and and kind of not ask any questions. His flirting yet, is his downfall. He he went a little too far. <laughs> he just he just just a little too charming. Yeah. Um, all right, so a question I want to pose to you guys. The fight uh, between Jet and, and Aang, and I'll get into things I really like about the fight visually, and I think Lindsay will as well, but I'm going to read this, this. I try to read this as this way, that Aang is conflicted about fighting Jet because they're friends, and Aang feels bad about striking someone he's friends with. He sh- could have easily beaten him, but he hesitates, and Jet takes advantage of it. That's how I read this fight. Do you agree with me, or do you think Aang's just, like, not that good right now? I believe he's, like, I believe Jet's one of those trick-of-the-trades type seal where you get a good strike in first, and then you can't really follow up after that. So I think he just got a good ambush on that, and, uh, you know, it didn't work after, after that. It's like, you get your one hit, and that's it. But even more than that, I, I, I feel like Aang should just win this, like, in five seconds. Aang could also be very conflicted, too, mm-hmm. on, like, uh, is Jet, you know, like, he's not, like, immediately thinking of No, no, what, that's what I'm saying. Like, do you think that Aang was much, I, I think Aang did not fight anywhere near at his best because he was conflicted. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Or do you think yes. Aang is just actually not that good? Or Jet is amazing? 
I'm gonna agree with you, Mark, just the whole fact of, like, I mean, Aang thought they were friends, like, it was very, like, on Jed's side, and so seeing this, that what Jed's doing, he knows it's completely wrong, and when you, like, become friends with someone, like, to have to suddenly, all of a sudden, be like, okay, well, now I have to take you down, like, I totally see it within reason that, like, Aang would hold back a bit, like, he's... I don't know, like, that just seems like, especially something of his characterization, like, that humanity that he has, especially, like, he's not gonna just start, like, going at him, like, with no restraint at all. Mm-hmm. Charles? Uh, I don't know about holding back a bit. <laughs> uh, maybe a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, he, when he's on combating Zuko in any way shape or form you, you can tell that he's like much more mm-hmm. uh, direct about it and here he plays evasive throughout the entire thing mm-hmm. and yeah that's like it's not because Aang is super bad although he's not clearly not amazing mm-hmm. at water um, but you know it's, it's more of an emotional thing that oh this person was my friend until just now I don't really want to fight him or hurt him I just want him to understand that I don't agree with what he wants to do here and now. Mm. Yeah. Corey, a follow-up? Yeah, I think it's a combination. I think uh, it, it's a little of holding back, and it's a little of Jet being able to get a good first strike in. But I think even more than the first strike, I mean, once they get up into the trees, like, it se- like it does seem like Yang kind of has the upper hand for a little bit, but, like, Jet is holding his own, and I don't know. I feel like he shouldn't. Like, he just, like, that just doesn't make sense to me. Um, and I have to come up with a reason why. Um, that being said, and I said I kind of said this at the start, I do love this fight uh, visually. Um, once again, so it's, cool. it's very different being in the trees. Uh, I know Lindsay's going to want to talk about it a lot. But just very distinctive. Um, you know, we an airbender against a non-bender. It's kind of, you know, another different kind of set of combats. And, and it's it's so, so cool what they were willing to do with these... You know, these trees, the acrobatics, Jet's weapons that are so bizarre but really cool. Um, And I know Lindsay wants to talk, so I'm going to let Lindsay talk now. It's just such a beautiful place to fight. Like, I know that sounds probably so weird, but, like, the colors itself, too, I felt like just totally added to the entire scene because, like, it's such a vivid color and the fight is so, like, active, like, active, obviously. Like, it's just... I, I don't know. Like, I'm sorry. I'm, like, so tired right now, so I don't know what I'm yeah. saying half the time, but it's just between the background and the actual animation of the fighting itself, and I mentioned this earlier, but it really does remind me of, um, like, of uh, Chinese action films, especially, um, I mentioned uh, Crash and Tiger, Head and Dragon, but then also, um, like, House of Flying Daggers, like, the cinematography in that with the um the environment that they put the people in while they're fighting and their interaction with the natural element especially of the trees it just reminds me so much of like that type of film so i definitely mm-hmm. felt like the impact of um asian um film aspects in that regard and i was just like so happy with it i was like yes Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yep. Um, Charles, Corey, anything on that fight? 
other than what we've already discussed? No, actually, funny enough, uh, besides the backgrounds and location, I think it's a pretty standard Avatar The Last Airbender fight, and that's a good thing to say, obviously. I don't think anything really, like, stood apart from any other fight we have seen and then eventually will see in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I guess it's kind of great that in all the fight scenes they do, they are constant, or the uh, animators are constantly aware of the geography. Mm. Like a lot of this fight is about going up and down and navigating through trees and branches in the forest. Mm. And then there's that one scene where. Uh, they both jump above the tree line yes. and then start randomly falling through. Yeah, that that was so, my <laughs> <laughs> so stuff like that is awesome, and yeah, it's like they do that with everything, which is amazing. Um, but I also thought think this is really nice because you don't see it ever again, from what I remember. Like everything else is not really in a forested area, mm. except for maybe swamp scenes but that was like a a swamp kind of yeah. filler episode <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so Jet lands and, and we now see Katara strike and, and Charles brought it up earlier I think that uh, Katara seems to like strike really a little bit harder than I think usual and um I, I like this in the juxtaposition with uh, juxtaposition with last week that you can see how much emotions uh, are dictating Katara's um, power, and with everything that we know about bending, that really makes a lot of sense. That that emotions, especially with a be- an element like water bending, um, which feels very spiritual, feels very emotional, um, would work, and that she's now extremely angry and is, is striking a lot harder um, than I think we've really seen from her, and. And that's, you know, you can, we can argue, you know, how, how well that works. But I think that in general, I, 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 you can see how much a Katara is the type of person who like would completely, you know, um, be reviled by what Jet's doing and also how quickly she is to turn against it. Mm. Um, another small little thing that I think is an interesting detail is when you see the town, when you see the water flowing through, um, it's very clear that it, it is or at least was an Earth Kingdom town. Um, which I think is a nice detail that while there's clearly a Fire Nation presence and it's hard to tell exactly what the civilians are, like this definitely was an Earth Kingdom town that's been taken over. Um, which I think is an important to note that they're they they're not just attacking like random Fire Nation people like these these are invaders these are people who are here against their will um, and it, that is a nice little detail um, sort of in service of potential moral complexity but I think that it's problematic that they're um, the other way with because because once once they find out that they're blowing the dam um, and especially once Angie Katara switch over it's like very obvious. They're wrong. Like, Jed is wrong. The right path is, you know, saving the people and what Sokka does. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sokka comes and, and says that he has saved the day. Also, uh, real quick, too. Yep, um, go ahead. There, there was another really good animation moment when uh, Sokka came and he was telling about how he went to the town and tried to warn them. They didn't believe him. And then the old man came. And 
I just found like the animation in that scene of almost like um like as like a d- different uh scenes of an ink painting were just like really interesting like to look at and like visually was like really beautiful in that whole like um whole scene of like remembering it I don't know like I just I thought that was a really interesting choice of uh, a way to do like the flashback up towards it yeah, they, they, they do that from time to time with like little montages and it and it does work really well. I, 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 I agree it. with you. It's very it is beautiful and it it, it, it convey it conveys a lot of visual information quickly. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was really cool and I like it and it's pretty. So because it reminds me yep. of Chinese painting. So anyway, sorry, continue. <laughs> yep. Um so yeah, so we get and then we get our final um comedic moment with, with Sokka going the wrong way. Um and you know it's it, it's 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 nice to kind of like kind of tie the whole episode together with the instincts of oh he went to the he went to save the town his instincts are sometimes right and then you know sometimes they're wrong and I think that that does encapsulate Sokka pretty well um, with with how he sometimes he's right and he's a genius and sometimes he's not but overall the balance the good outweighs the bad at least I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that should more or less wrap up our episode discussion unless any of you guys have anything else to add. Yep. Um, quickly about the ending uh, for me. Um, I thought it was like kind of a cop-out. And when I say cop-out, I mean like the fact that this is a kid's show actually limited it. And I think that this, if this wasn't on Nickelodeon and they could tell more of an adult story, I think the village not only would have been wiped out, but everyone would have died. So I think the Sokka getting the message to the villagers to evacuate in time was just a limitation of what they could work with. And, like, I thought they, like, tried to make it, you know, like, they tried to, like, hint that this could have been darker, like, with the, the bear floating. But then not only did, at the end, did they show that Sokka got everyone evacuated, but they showed the little girl picking up the bear as, like, another save like uh, saving face moment and I think again if they weren't limited by what type of story they could tell just by the network and the fact that I, I, a lot of execs would not like it if an entire village got wiped out even if they didn't physically show everyone dying I think that everyone getting saved is a limitation of the median and I think in a more realistic story that everyone actually would have died so, so what you're saying to me is if this was Korra they would have all died hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. I mean, Cora, they, they clearly, like, stepped away from, we can't do this because, you know, network censors, because, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I think that that's kind of right. And, and I guess, to some extent, I, I kind of, it's one of those things that, like, at the time, because I was watching it as a kid on a kid show, it, like, never really crossed my mind that they, like, that that's, Sokka wouldn't save them because it's a kid show and, and everything usually works out in the end. Um, interesting that we're saying that in a Jet episode, considering Jet is one of the few actual canonical deaths on this show. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking about that now. Yeah, I think that it does. There, there would be something to to allowing um, the entire village to be wiped out. Um, to be honest, I think it would have been interesting to hedge there a little bit that if, if Sokka had warned them and some people got out, mm-hmm. like, I think that could have been interesting. Like, you could have almost had, like, some people got out and then, you know, 
but then I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to say exactly how the logistically that would work. Even even if, if at that that would have been interesting because if they only got some people out, then you could see their loss, and yeah. it, it could mirror Jet's loss. So like that would have been even a good thing to do. But again, I feel like it was just a, a cop out that everyone happened to have gotten saved, and they could wrap it up in a neat bow that it was a happy ending, and uh, that yeah. actually is I, a big. I hadn't thought of it, but I, I actually this. do agree with you. Um, I think yeah. that. I don't. I don't know if they sh- if if they should have, but I agree with you that I don't think it's po- like there was ever a chance that they didn't all survive, and that does to some extent deflate some of this the tension at the end. Charles, anything on that? I have less of a problem with it. That's um, fair. Yeah. I mean, more than that, it. Like the because of the whole episode theme being sometimes you don't know when you're right, you don't know when you're wrong, but you just have to make a decision sometimes and go with it. Uh, in, uh, the of the main cast, that's a soccer thing that we see more most in this episode. Um, you know, Katara with realizing she was deceived, and Jet with not understanding the other perspective and yeah you know it's because it's wartime and he's a kid who's had his parents taken away but uh, I don't know I, I just didn't have as much of a problem with it because it suited or it kind of suited an overall theme better mm. instead mm-hmm. of uh, let's say the village had gotten destroyed then what would the what would the lesson have been <laughs> Or what would the what would Team Avatar have gained out of this? No, yeah, I mean you're you're right, and obviously there also yeah. is to think about the fact that it's not just that they saved people that they like thwarted Jet's plan and did it in such a way that means the Fire Nation is still there mm-hmm. and and like complete like everything about the about everything he did failed, um, and I think that that may, that does that is true. Um, I think that's part of it. Um, I, although I, the other side of it is, you say like, what would they have gained? It's you can sort of say they didn't gain anything. They only gained a little bit of perspective of like this is this is how far people on our side are willing to go. That you know the that that the the, the anti fire nation team isn't perfect either. That's fair. I was thinking more of like they. Because Aang's goal is not to destroy the Fire Nation entirely, right? And although that might have been the goal of a lot of people in the world at that time, his goal is mm-hmm. restore I mean, point, balance. I'm not even entirely sure what Aang's goal is, but we can get <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> Alright, that's fair. But let's say the Avatar goal, then, mm-hmm. is to restore balance, yes. right? And that means you can't just wantonly remove people, mm-hmm. or w- just one group of people. Yeah. No. No, you cannot. Alright, so that's going to wrap up our episode discussion. So we will now get into the ending and discuss our ratings. So, Corey, why don't you give us your rating and your final thoughts? Um, as I said in the beginning, I do like the episode a lot. Um, after thinking about it and talking about it more this episode, the ending actually is a really big letdown for me. That the, And I, when I rewatched it, I, I realized it again, too. I like Jet. I like the idea that Jet exists, and I think his existence is very justified. 
And I think if you guys don't like him or people, the general viewer doesn't like him, that's the point. And, of course, what he does in both circumstances with the old man in the beginning and then destroying an entire village is wrong by every standard. And, of course, you're right, Mark, he's a psychopath, but he's a psychopath as a result of something and his upbringing. And I, I think he not is not inherently a psychopath, which is, I guess, the point I was trying to make earlier on. Um, uh, I think that it was a very interesting episode to watch in terms of, again, first off, I like the idea of the, the whole guerrilla warfare and, and freedom fighters in the Avatar universe. So it was nice seeing that. And on Lindsay's point, yes, the, the, it was a very pretty episode and pleasing to the eyes and the, and the fights use the environment very well um, uh, but in the end I, I think I'm, I am actually very deflated by the ending and I, I think it, if you guys were going to talk about like you know what the fact that everything just worked out and was written into a neat bow that, 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 that does take me away from it a little bit but overall I'd say it's a, a good episode and I'll, I'll give it a, okay. a 6 Lindsay um, so, the the highlight of this episode for me was just really the visuals of the, um, the forest and everything, and I definitely did like the, um, use of Sokka as a character, and I thought that was really interesting, but overall, like, I really don't have, like, a lot of other really strong opinions about this episode, unfortunately. Like, yeah, Jet kind of shows up and you're just like what the fuck are you doing man and he's just like I gotta do it and I'm just like stop you're like, he's like cray cray Crayola it's crazy so um <laughs> overall like I'm just gonna give this episode like a 6.7 which I think is like the lowest I've rated an episode I don't know like mm-hmm. it just it's fun to watch but it, it just it doesn't really do anything for me, so. Yep. Yep. Charles. Mm. It wasn't. It wasn't a great episode. I what wasn't as hard on it, um, just because I do like the uh, the idea that they'll delve into how different people adapted with this hundred year war differently. Um. But at the same time, yeah, the episode did have some weak points. I'd probably give it a seven. Okay. Um, to me, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think this episode is a good example of an episode that the whole is not as good as the sum of the parts because there's a lot of things episodes I like. There's some, you know, a really two really good fights. The visuals are great. Um, there's some really interesting ideas. Um, but overall, the overarching uh, sort of story of this episode kind of just for me is just lacking the moral complexity that it, that it should have and I think that I, I also thinking about it now I, I kind of do agree with Corey a little bit about the ending um, so this episode is good but I do I think it's somewhat um, like I said yeah I just I think it's overall the, the overall episode is not as good as each individual piece uh, added together so honestly episode 7-2 uh, I think that's you know that's definitely the lowest I've given in an episode still a good episode I don't think this is you know this is anywhere close to even average I think it's still it's still very good yeah. it's just compared to some of the episodes we've had before mm-hmm. um, there is a little bit of a, a mismatched tone yeah so with that 
we are going to wrap up this episode of Thoughts from Aunt Wu. I'm going to thank you guys for listening. I'll thank my panel for being here. I uh, appreciate you guys doing this um, as always. And as per usual, you can follow us on Twitter at AuntWu underscore pod. You can also leave comments in SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and we should be back up with our next episode, so you can look for that. So thank you again for tuning in, and that's a wrap.